0: Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Steve's Cottage. Yours truly, Steve Horner, your host, and I am so happy to have your company. Yes, I am wearing the uh, mega hat, the Donald Trump hat, because I really like Donald Trump. I think he's the—I uh, I think, he, I, I think, honestly, in my lifetime, uh, absolutely the best president ever. And I think throughout history also. Maybe not the most important, as it was Abraham Lincoln who kept the country together, but, uh, which is ultimately important. But uh, Trump did more than any other president in two years than, uh, than any other president. And uh, why only two years? Because then he had the bastards uh, gnawing away at his ankles and his nose and his ears, and they're still uh, out to get him. But they are just uh, vindictive, uh, arrogant uh, cunts. And uh, here on this program, cunt is an acronym. C period, U period, N period, T period. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, women have their periods. But men, we have our exclamation uh, marks and points and however you define it. It's called getting down, banging the table, and saying what you mean and mean what you say. And cunt is an acronym can't understand normal thinking say if, you, uh, if you've just tuned in for the first time because I'm forever out there doing uh, marketing to attract more customers and uh, make sure that if you're going to Facebook you, you can find the cottage by checking out Steve's cottage with Steve Horner and you can find it on uh, you can find it on on um, by going to uh, YouTube and going to stevehornerbooks.com. And while you're there, buy one of my fantastic self-written books. From the heart, lots of meaningful information that actually will translate and describe much of the hot issues that we talk about here in our 25-minute visit here at the cottage. Well, I'm particularly happy today, and you're gonna think, this guy's a real sickle. This guy's real macabre. This guy is a hater. But I'm not. I'm real, real happy. I'm gonna tell you what makes me happy today. It's about as happy as a woman finding out she doesn't have breast cancer. Or that her child is still alive in the war. Or from the accident. Or that she and her loved, lo, lo, uh, lovey, uh, lovey-dovey husband are going to finally get together after a quarrel. A lot of things make you happy, right? Well, I'm always happy when the war is over. And when you have the villains of the war shackled or dead. And that's what happened to long-time feminist con... Patricia Schroeder, representative of Colorado's 1st Congressional District from 1973 to 97. Suffered a stroke the other day, died at age 82, and I left a message with her publisher and whoever else I could contact. Good riddance to bad rubbish. This was a cunt that authored in and championed abortion. Think of how many children she was... whose death she was responsible for. Think of how many uh, domestic abuse uh, quarrels she instigated by, uh, by uh, crowning women with this arrogance and vindictiveness, this dominance that made no sense and doesn't to many, many millions of men who are working hard out there to earn a, earn a dollar for their, for their family but then find that these women who make no sense are in control. That's the kind of message that Patricia Schroeder ushered in. And uh, I'm glad that she's dead. I'm glad she's gone. She's a villain. She's an enemy of the people. And I'm glad to see that she's gone. And a lot of people will say, well, Horner, that's, you know, typical of you. You know, you're, you're, you're a hater. I'm... I, I I really despised Patricia Schroeder. I told her that once in person. I was at two, I, I I was at two meetings with Patricia Schroeder. I knew right up front she told me she's anti-white man. Anti-white domineering white man. But all these women who are anti-domineering white men, <laughs> where do they get their money from? Their father, their husband, who whom they've divorced, but I have never hated anything or anybody in all my life, and I don't know why I have a little white bar on the corner of my screen, Sean. That's kind of funky. Oh, it's gone. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh no, no no, you rascal. You're screwing with me now. I wish you were dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny guy. So no, I've never hated anything or anybody in all my life. That's a real, that's a really harsh word. But you see people use it as verbal artillery to put you in a corner so you shut up. But maybe people have told you because you're a Trumpster that you're a hater, and now you believe it because it maybe maybe has come from your children. Well, being being a hater uh, means that you've made an assessment against somebody that you really uh, could do without, or maybe despise. It's like being called a racist you know just because you fart in the presence of somebody and they're offended doesn't mean you know just because you offend somebody doesn't mean that you're a racist a racist and a sexist are people now get this okay don't don't let the, don't let don't let the haters gang up on you by giving you this verbal artillery that you don't deserve speak up for what you believe a racist and a sexist are people who truly believe that they were created by God to be superior, superior men over women or a superior people over other people. Are you like that? <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm not, I just throughout like life. I just make a conjecture and, and assessments. I, I'm not the judge. I don't know if what this person is doing is pleasing to God. I don't think it is based on my experiences. So I make assessments, but I, I, I don't make judgments. And that's another thing people will throw at you. Why are you judging me? I'm not. It's like reading a book. I made an assessment. I like it or I don't, or I like different aspects of it or I don't. So, uh, you know, get off of it. Start understanding a little bit about the world in which you live. It's cleanup time right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go back to last week's program. And just touch on a couple of items. Remember I was telling you that I uh, was spending uh, spending uh, four beautiful nights and five days at the uh, Oceanside Marina Suites, which is a classic resort built in the 60s and has been man- maintained ma- meticulously all the time. And, and the rates are really, relatively, really pretty decent. And this is coming from a guy who usually checks in at a Motel 6. So it's right on the water's edge on the Pacific Ocean, and it jets out on this peninsula out in uh, Oceanside, California. And remember last week I was telling you that I, when I go to town and I've got a couple of days to roam, I'll go to like the uh, county buildings and the library and the courthouse and just talk to people who live and work there, you see and uh, find out tax rates and talk out, talk about uh, different policies and so on and so forth. And, and I did that to Oceanside, and I shared a couple of uh, findings with you last week. But one that I failed to is that at the utilities, one of the women said they get 50% of their water <laughs> from the Colorado River. I said, good luck to that. Do you know you're on the tail end user after it comes down Lake Powell and Lake Mead? and they're at they're only at 25% of capacity now and you're one of the end users in California and it's just not going to last so you have to make you 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 have to you're going to have to make different big 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 adjustments because it's not drought it's, it's overuse and it has been going and, and it has been overused for the last 30 years i've seen that colorado river dwindle Over the years, because I like traveling along it, at different towns and and uh, day trips and road trips and so on and so forth, I'm 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 a real admirer, a real lover of the uh, Colorado River. So, uh, oh, and then I said, well, why aren't you tapping into the water that Carlsbad, just to the south, is manufacturing from their you know one of the they have one of the world's largest desalination plants right there? Well, she couldn't answer that. So it has something to do, pro- and and Carlsbad sells their water to a lot of different communities that's uh, you know desalinated right from the ocean. Everybody thinks that's the uh, real you know panacea for um, uh, today's water shortage around the globe, but it probably is not because there's something happening there with why Oceanside doesn't buy it, and it could be expense. It could be um, you know there's a lot of nasty re- residue that's uh, that. Uh, that uh, takes place from that uh, that uh, process. So, whatever the process is, or I, whatever this uh, the program is, or the problem is, I don't know. But uh, but leaning on the Colorado for fifty percent of your water use is uh, probably not a wise idea. So. Um, Also, last week, and I want to clean this up, is that I once again laid a lot of problems of today's uh, issues on women and uh, the Jew press. And because I only have 25 minutes, I didn't have time to explain myself. So let me give it a try right now and explain this to you, because it's not about race, creed, uh, color your skin, don't give a damn, okay? Okay. I'm a, martin, I'm a martin luther king jr fan it's all it's it's all about your behavior it's all about what you have up here it's ho, it's all and how you conduct yourself i remember growing up in minneapolis and i've talked to you a little bit about this but uh at seven years old the uh, summer of 1955 the star tribune which was then known as the minneapolis star and tribune and uh, they're, they're an ultra, ultra liberal rag right now. I used to be a, a paper boy for them. Well, during that uh, particular summer of 55, my older brothers and I, I've got three older brothers, myself and then two younger brothers. They were too young to participate in this uh, Golden Gloves. And uh, it was down at Nicolet Park, which was just bordering an area where some black people lived. Uh, the freeway had come through, and then starting with uh, you know First Avenue and the Second Avenue, and Third Avenue, there you, you know it was it was was more black people there than in uh, any other uh, part of the uh, city. And then North Minneapolis became popular for North uh, for blacks and so on and so forth. And of course, of course, there was only two percent blacks in Minneapolis at that time, and super 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 low crime. Crime was pretty much unheard of. Seriously. Well, <clears throat> we uh, would go up to Nicollet Park every week and, um, and, and practice our boxing. And then it was culminated uh, late in August with a, uh, a boxing match among all of us. And then we would be paired and seated. And uh, I don't know if this fellow that I fought, uh, Daniel Johnson, I looked at the Star Tribune uh, column that my mother had saved My uh, my older brother, Phil, who was 11, he won. George and Buck, that was uh, 12 and 14, uh, respectively, they lost their uh, matches. I won, I mean, I lost mine (laughs) and ultimately was given the trophy for the most deserving boxer. How does that happen? I don't know. It had something to do with, uh, based on attendance and natural aptitude for boxing. Oh, stop it. I quit. Well, so anyhow, so uh, Daniel Johnson, I don't even remember if he was a black kid or not. We didn't have any idea of, uh, we didn't have any bias or anything about going to Nicollet Park. Oh, there's a lot of blacks up there. Don't care. Never thought of it. It was never in our conversation. At home growing up, my dad never had the N-word. Sometimes he would complain about women drivers. Oh, damn, women drivers. Well, every man did at that time. Women were inexperienced and came in, and today sometimes they're still hot dogs and cause a lot of trouble, but so do guys behind the wheel. But that was the common mantra for men in those days, goddamn women drivers. That was the only negative thing that my dad ever said about women or uh, people of uh, other race. So there was never any of that animosity in our household. And uh, I I would say that we were very, very typical of those around the country as well. And who owned the Star Tribune? I don't know. Jews? Probably. These days, they own just about every newspaper. They own the Las Vegas Review-Journal. That I have harped about here on this show, because Las Vegas is just down the road from me here in St. George, and I get their newspaper. And about every other day, they they feature Joe Biden and his uh, sentimental cry baby, cry baby do nothing uh, programs. So they profess to be conservative, but they're not. A guy named Wayne Cook, Wayne Wayne something. He 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 was a Jew who always wondered why Jews. Continued to vote liberal, so he had a pretty square head on his uh, shoulders, but you know he's he's not there anymore. Wayne, what the hell was his name? I can't remember. He used to be, He used to call himself an SOB, son of a butcher. Wayne, I can't remember his name. Nice guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. But uh, in in the military, either you know, I came out of a home with no racism, no sexism. Never ran into any racism in the uh, in the military. And of course, you know we had tons of blacks there, all intermingling, having a good time with each other, and uh, experiencing some very difficult times with each other. So, um, so uh, um, I do know that many uh, <coughs> many of these uh, Jews are uh, are in the media, in in Hollywood, in banking, and. Uh, they are then in positions to drive popular thinking, which always tends to lean liberal. And they're always in support of the underdog, whether it's women, the alphabet people, uh, blacks, people of any other color except white, uh, those in wheelchairs, certainly the Jews, Because, as I've experienced with my conversations with them, they believe that they understand discrimination more than anybody else because they and their ancestors and heritage have experienced it. And they experience it every day. But when you ask them explicitly, give me an example, they can't. Same with black people. Ask them, how have you experienced systemic racism in your life? they will be unable to answer. Ask any Jew, why were you kicked out? Why why was Karl Marx, the foremost Jew, the co-author of the the Communist Manifesto, why was he kicked out of over 12 countries because of his liberalism, finally getting back to Germany and raising hell, causing a lot of anger? And uh, leading uh, to the war and leading to the Holocaust. because it unsettled, greatly disturbed a very conservative country, which didn't want Karl Marx and his communism. So um, you know, uh, he was kicked out of these countries, blah blah blah, exploited in the upper classes for, uh, finally allowed to retire to, uh, to Germany. You know, a lot of this uh, stuff is just uh, so uh, agonizingly uh, true, and and so many people have been indoctrinated into uh, believing that if you discuss it, uh, you are a racist, a sexist, and 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 a hater. And we could have so so much more of a beautiful, harmonious country if we just um, allowed people to uh, get the facts, promoted the facts but you see with the with the Patricia Schroeders, you know you've got so much single parenting women have no control over these kids they've lost education these teachers they just absolutely can't tell you uh, how how to walk and chew gum straight they have big benefits and they work less and you know these kids they're left at home to watch anything on TV skip their homework skip uh, skip God and uh, being uh, indoctrinated with lies just just fabricated just fabricated lies and 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 the Jews who own these newspapers you see here's here's the chain of events now up to through the 70s, these newspapers couldn't print paper fast enough. Huge circulations. Advertising, big, lots of money coming in, okay? These owners were were getting filthy rich, right? Well, then, at the the very height of their popularity, uh, what they did then is... uh, in in about the seventies, they brought on all uh, a lot of women, and women came on board with their sentimentalism, which uh, I've spoken to you about. in In the Bible, First Timothy, second chapter, verses five to eight, women should, should have, shall shall have no authority over men, and she'll not be in positions of public uh, policymaking just simply because they're wired differently than a pragmatic man whose whose most whose biggest concern is cause and effect, whereas women are simply, you know, sentimentalists. Oh, you poor thing, you deserve favors. So, uh, you know, uh, those like Patricia Schroeder and these uh, liberal women, and of course, women vote 80% liberal. So, so the Jews loved, loved uh, these women coming out of these liberal uh, uh, colleges because they were cheap labor and they were dependable and they looked good and they smelled good and they were college educated and, and they were all saddled with their inherent sentimental attitudes toward life. They had the power of the pen. To these women, which now, you know, ran these newspapers, not owned them, but ran them. Washington Post was owned by a woman, but, you know, she got it from her deceased husband. So to them, uh, everybody was discriminated against except the white man. White man was not discriminated against. He was the villain. He was the aggressor. And as you see, this is the attitude that they allowed in the Jew press. Because the Jew makes money off of Hollywood and oppression and with homelessness and with abortion and with busted education. The, the Jew likes to, uh, makes money off of the, um, the, um, the tears of others. And as you can promote this warfare in your press, well, that just creates more more empathy for your chosen group. It it reaps more public uh, tax money and support for your public group. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, cunts and Jews uh, sometimes have a hard time recognizing which side of their bread is buttered. Because as they promote these lies and omissions and, uh, and, and vilify the white man who still really continues to build America, their circulations have crashed. <laughs> and many continue to go out of business. They can't find advertisers, you see? So they're stupid and blind. But I guess that's what, that's what hate and ignorance <coughs> does to a human being. And so we rattle on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been uh, another quick 25 minutes. I hope you do go to stevehornerbooks.com and buy one of my books and get a little further ex- explanation about some of these, uh, some of these big-time uh, meaningful issues that we discuss here at The Cottage. So like my friend uh, Ernie said to me a couple of weeks ago, he said, real life, Steve, is the space between the notes. Think of that if you're a musical person. John Lennon said, life is what's happening when you're making other plans. And I'm suggesting here that you always take that rough, unencumbered trail, and, uh, and I promise you it offers richer rewards, better scenery, and... Uh, a much richer adventure so until next time this is steve horner you take real good care of yourself thanks for joining us visit steve's cottage again with steve horner